What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? One thing you guys for tuning in to another fantastic show. Cleveland, this is week 101 of the Voice of the Fans podcast. Man, we had to take a break off last week, man. Had some personal issues I need to, to deal with, man. Um, sorry, fans, we we missed you, but we're back. Cleveland, what's going on yes, up in the Northwest, man? How you guys doing? Doing all right, man. Had a little bit of a heat wave, uh, you know, but a little bit of a, a breeze, a little bit of a breeze, though, so it was good. Man, I heard about it. It was 97 for a couple of days up there, huh? Man. You know us cats in the 206 are not too accustomed to dealing with that kind of heat. And then I heard I heard they shut down Lake Washington Boulevard, so you guys could be out there on the beach. Oh, boy, yeah, they're bicyclers, man. Oh, don't get me started. Man. Um, okay, Cleveland, we got a lot of stuff going on, man. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Now we got the NBA boycott. We got some NFL topics we're going to talk about. We even have fantasy football on Horizon. We're going to do this date in history or this week in history. Man, fans, get comfortable. We're going to be with you for the next probably hour and a half. Cleveland, let's do this. We're going to get also want to shout out our fans listening to us on Rise Radio, being puffed out of Vegas. Uh, however you listen to us, whether it's tuned in, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We appreciate you guys for listening to us. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you rank and re- rate and review our podcast. It really helps us out with the algorithms. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Cleveland, let's jump right into it, man. Let's do it. Again, it's August 26, 2020, week one. So our numbers have been compromised because we're over the – we got triple digits now. I don't know how many players you know wearing triple digits. But we're going to do it this week with uh, number 26, and then we're going to start back next week with uh, week 102. So we're just going to start back with the twos, deuces next week. So number 26. And I'm gonna go first, man. Usually, I like to ask you who who you thought of or what who comes to your mind when you think of the numbers 26. I already know who you're gonna say is one person, Clinton Portis. But I think of the best defensive back ever to play in the National Football League, number 26, Mr. Rod Wilson. That's who comes to my mind first. How about you, outside of Clinton Portis? Okay, well. Well, I am so yeah, you sorry heard, you that you didn't understand that you have not the historian of the game that you should have been. Understand that Rod Whitson is not the best defensive back in the history of football. But you are right, Cam. You are right. Clinton Porters is the first person that comes to mind. Not saying that he wore it the best. I actually think that uh, your guy Rod Whitson wore it better. But uh, make no mistake about it, he is not the best defensive back to ever play football. So I mean, if you if, if if I mean if you do your homework a little bit, you'll see you'll come to my conclusion, and you'll be saying I'm right once again. If you just look a little deeper in the numbers, um, best kick returner, um, best punt returner, I should say punt returner. Okay, let me clarify. Punt returner. Camp, punt camp, returner. Camp, punt camp, returner. Camp, camp, camp. Let, let me let me stop you. Deion Sanders. The end. <laughs> <laughs> punt returner, I was specifying that. Um, defensive back. 
uh, went to Pro Bowl as a safety, went to Pro Bowl as a cornerback. Come on, ones who would tackle, who would hit. He got most uh, got was pretty high up there in the interception returns numbers. So um, if you do your homework, you'll find out that Rod Wilson was in fact the best defensive back to ever play in the NFL. Mm. But man, Cleveland, we got some breaking news in the NBA. We got some breaking news. Not only has teams decided to boycott the bubble, today we had Milwaukee, or actually it was the Toronto Raptors who kind of got the process started, mentioning that they shouldn't be playing. They want to boycott their matchup. Um, and then we had the Milwaukee Bucks actually boycott their matchup today with the Orlando Magic. And Cleveland, we got some breaking news, man. Um, as of we're doing this show, it's what time is it, Cleveland? Twenty after eight, I think it is. Twenty eight twenty three. Just at seven seven fifty one PM, Yahoo Sports is reporting that the Lakers and the Clippers have both voted to end the NBA season in a meeting amongst players of teams remaining in the bubble. That's reports coming from Mr. Chris Haynes from a meeting that actually took place earlier this evening. The meeting ended without resolution. The fate of Thursday's playoff games is beyond, it remains unclear and will be resolved at a meeting on Thursday with managers. Three games that were canceled for Thursday, um, three games, excuse me, scheduled for Thursday was a Jazz in Nuggets, which is a hell of a series. I don't know if you've been watching that one. The Celtics and the Raptors, who, as I mentioned already, were started this protest um, or the boycott movement. And then we had the Clippers and Mav- Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks are probably everybody voted twice, so they didn't have to see the Clippers put a pounding on them another time. Um, the Bucks again. They actually pro. They actually got the protest started. Were the ones who actually protest first by not showing up against the Orlando Magic. So, man, we everybody thought, and you were waiting for the pandemic to end the bubble, and it's not even a pandemic. It's everybody boycotting due to the shooting of Mr. Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, shot in the back seven times, managed to live, but apparently is paralyzed, um, all as reports state. Horrific incident, Cleveland, which is, I mean, this is a, um, a topic that can go to a lot of different ways. First, um, I want to get your opinion on the incident with Mr. Jacob Blake. Have you seen it? Are you aware of it? Does it change? How does it make you feel as a black man in America? Cam, I have not seen it. Um, I am extremely disappointed that uh, the country and the media keeps giving us um, extensive footage of the atrocities that happened to African-American in America, you know, they gave us constant dialogue. They gave us constant um, narrative and feedback, and it's it's disappointing and it's humiliating and it's painful. 
Cleavon, and when you when you put it like that, you say the media is doing this. Um, the, they can't report anything that isn't happening. So, are you blaming the media that's, that's, for that, reporting? That's absolutely, absolutely not, Cam. I'm okay. actually okay. Uh, commending the media for having the opportunity to okay. to show us what is happening. The part okay. that is very disappointing is that um, it keeps happening. The police keep keep giving us content with which to go to kind of circulate and go, you know, around and around with this. And it's like, you think, okay, well, after someone puts their knee on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, you would see a decrease in this. After someone gets shot in their sleep, you would see a decrease in this. After someone gets to their home and someone is standing in their home thinking it's their home, and shoots them to death, that you would see a decrease in this. But because we keep, because of media and because of technology, we keep seeing the content and it never decreases. That's the part that is saddening and frustrating and makes me the way that okay. I am. I just wanted to clarify because it sounded like it could have been construed, construed the other way. I just wanted to clarify that. So uh, I am with you. It's it's saddening um, that we have we walk around with this fear. We walk around with this thought that at any given moment we see the police. You know, it's not. Uh, I mean, I'm to the point. Years ago, we're looking over our shoulders. We see the police. You know, we immediately slam on the brakes. Uh, if we're driving down the street or we see the police and we're walking the other way because we just don't want to have that encounter. You know, as I get older, I realize, okay, um, try to remove yourself from as, uh, as the situation as best you can. And some of those uh, immediate responses aren't quite necessary, but it just keeps showing men over and over and over again, you know, to black men, black kids, black women, um, that there's, you know, in, in a lot of cases, we do have a target on our back. And it's justification, it's justification to it, and it's not paranoia because we have so many examples of it, and you would right. think with all the attention drawn towards it that we would see less of it, and we don't. And that is the discouraging part. And, 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 and you know, it's technology that's helped bring this to light because just imagine, man, um, you know, back when you and I in high school, and we heard a lot about it, and we 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 seen some some incidents that uh, it wasn't being recorded. So just imagine how many more incidents were actually go- happening that were going unheard of or unrecognized or unknown because it wasn't recorded, and we didn't have the everybody didn't have a camera phone to record in HD um, clarity to show show the world. So yes, yeah, it's, it's very saddening in in that respect. Um, what we have going on now, Cleavon, is the NBA decides to boycott because of the these continuous deaths. You know, as we know, the NBA shut down their season back in March for the coronavirus pandemic. They decided to open it up in July 30th to try to complete the season and crown a champion. They created the bubble in Orlando where they were doing testing every day of their players. Players, if if they left the bubble, they had to come back and get be under quarantine for four to ten days um, just to keep everybody healthy down there, where, you know, yourself and a lot of other people thought that the pandemic is not a matter of if but when somebody comes down with the coronavirus. 
that would end the season. Well, it looks like now the players are boycotting because of these unfortunate incidents that we speak about. The police uh, players are boycotting this situation, deciding that they they want to bring more awareness to the issue. And I'd like to know, Cleveland, how do you feel about this? Um, let me let me go back to let me go back to uh, this article here where we're talking about the Lakers and the Clippers have both voted to end the NBA playoffs. There's going to be a, they will have a union representative in a meeting with NBA ownership on Thursday tomorrow to decide kind of what's going to happen. But every, every team besides the Lakers and Clippers voted to keep playing. Now that surprised me. Um, number one, it surprised me because the Clippers are this close to, being crowned champions for the first time ever and the LeBron James window of winning the championship narrows every second. So for, for him, and I'm sure the Lakers don't make a decision without consulting LeBron. So with that being said, I'm sure this is coming from his side of the camp that they want to boycott is, is, is surprising. Um, as a Laker fan, what do you think about as a Laker fan and a Clipper hater? What do you th- what are your thoughts there? Well, not even to get into the Laker Clipper, uh, you know, rivalry uh, between the, the two of us. I mean, clearly the NBA has established itself as the moral compass for professional sports. Before sure. the teams boycotted today, um, everyone was going to play their games. And once the NBA, uh, once the the Bucks uh, decided they weren't going to play at all, and then Adam Silver uh, and the you know uh, NBA PA got on board and said, okay, well we're just not going to play any of these games. It made all of the other leagues look like suckers if they played their games, right? So they basically forced everyone else's hand throughout professional sports as to what path you were going to take on this and what your stance was going to be. So I am not in any way, shape, form, or fashion saying the NBA is the most powerful league. That is clearly the National Football Association. But they're not playing right now. They're training. So all the other leagues that are playing right now are following their lead because if they don't, what do they look like, right, in public eye and public opinion? So to be so brash and um, forward-thinking and aware to make a stance like this, you see the dominoes just falling in front of them, you know, I'm I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, man, the NBA is not on. I'm just going to turn to the Mariner game. I turn to the Mariner game, and it's a narrative <laughs> about, what about what about what about the poor. They've they've won five straight, but you you don't understand. Anyways, yeah. so to turn to that and then see like it's just a narrative of all the uh, African American players that play for the Mariners kind of having a forum. It's like, well, wait, where's the, where's the game? Like, they're not going to, like, oh. So now Major League Baseball isn't playing. Oh, so now MLS isn't playing. Now 
the NHL is playing, but they're embarrassed because they see what kind of appearance the world that makes. looking at them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? How everybody's looking at them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I get, I get and the and the WNBA just said like like negative, man. They follow well, their brothers say, into, they into to you know. We, they try to say we're gonna play, and then you know they had to follow through. Yeah. So so when when you have that type of exposure, and you're using it in that way, I mean they're not, they're not saying we're just totally upset about this, and that's so wrong. They should change that. And then just go play. I mean that you know that paints a different picture as opposed to we're not going to play because of what happened. So the fact that all the other leagues kind of fell into place is um, quite apparent as far as who really, from a social perspective, kind of controls not controls but uh, is definitely willing to put their their feelings uh, above all other things, you know, so, so not ratings, not, not championships, not money. They're yeah, putting yeah, the they're, social awareness above all other things, which is extremely unique in, in our lifetime. Yeah. As far as watching sports, no one's ever really yeah, done yeah. that. I mean, you know, other than Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown, but that's in the sixties. We're talking about like 2020 and they're doing it like right now. Yeah. And so that's, that's so you're exactly right you're not wrong with what you're saying you're exactly right the nba is is uh on the forefront of focusing on social justice and keeping that type of mind in not only their sport but in society and so that's what also kind of questions why i kind of question the players wanting to boycott because it's not it's not as if in the nfl the owners and the Roger Goodell have paid no attention to what their cause of concern is. In the NFL, I could see the players saying, yo, look, man, this ain't working for us. You guys don't seem to want to care about it. There's no focus here on it. But the NBA has applied a focus in, in returning to the bubble. They have formed a whole committee to saying, if we're going to return, this is kind of what we want to see. Put the name, the you know, it, it, whether you think it's a big step or not, but having equality or racial injustice or police reform, what these different comments on the back of the jerseys in, uh, in replacement of the players' names, um, having Black Lives Matter on the court, I, I think that is – uh, these uh, the commercials, the uh, the funding of these ads that promote uh, social injustice. The NBA has been on the cutting edge of this, so for the players to, I don't know, I don't want to say they're acting as if they're they're not getting support, but to, I don't know what what, what more they want because it's not it's not Adam Silver who's going to say, okay, police brutality ends right now hit and bring down a gavel is that's not his that's not his place that he doesn't have that ability and and Cleveland I question whether correct me if I'm wrong here Cleveland I'm uh, and I'm gonna say something this is voice of the fans we want to be uh upfront and honest with our fans I'm gonna say something that might be a little controversial but when these players go back to their markets they're everybody's in Orlando right now the the eyes are the eyes are on them because when the NBA shut down in March, leagues immediately follow suit, right? When the league decided to come back, it, leagues immediately follow suit and try to uh, 
tr- try to mimic the bubble or mimic the the rules and protocols that the NBA put in place. When the NBA decided to boycott today, their players decided to boycott today. Other players around the country, as you mentioned, or as you already mentioned, decided to boycott. Cleveland, when these players go back to their original, to their respective markets, what are they going to do? How are they going to draw the attention? How are they going to draw more attention to social injustice than the NBA's platform? Um, out because they're going to get people who care about listening to them. They're not going to get the outside people who really don't tune into them specifically. Does that make sense to you? Um, people who's not following them on Instagram, people who's not following them on the athletic, people who's not following them on the the undefeated, people who's not following their YouTube or their 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 podcast. They're they're going to be getting people who follow them on social media who's already a fan, not people who's um the guy who goes home from work and, you know, he comes home from after work, want to click on the basketball game. Oh, there, there is social justice that we still need to focus on and we need to talk to. They have that uh, around the cooler talk tomorrow. I don't think they're going to be able to – they're not going to capture that fan because that fan is not interested in following them specifically. Do you follow what I'm saying? I absolutely do. And, and I think that they've used the NBA platform um, to the best of their ability as is humanly possible to shed light on social injustice and how they feel about it. And like you're saying, Cam, Adam Silver has been on board since day one. Uh, I, I've been, a, you know, let, let, let's not give him too much credit, but at the same time, let's give him his due credit. When that whole Donald Sterling thing came down, he just said, oh, no, that dude just can't be an owner anymore. The end. I mean that was a very powerful statement, and the, and and the players, and uh, you know fans and other people involved understood where his position was with things. So again, it's not a power struggle per se because the NFL is the sports power, and until they do what they do, all these other things are just kind of what those other leagues are doing. The NFL is the power league in this country. We all understand yeah. this to the to the twenty fifth yeah. yeah. degree. Yeah, yeah. So with that question, with that question. Yeah. So I mean, you know, what the owners think and kind of how the players are responding, and you also have to understand that the NBA is a a, a much younger league, and their superstars are younger, and they're much more powerful and influential than the other sports. So. Um, the fact that they're taking this stance is, I mean, it's, it's quite, from my perspective, quite heroic, given how much they have to lose. And it also speaks to how serious they are about the topic and the fact that they're willing to not do that. Well, so, they're flexing their power. They're, they're, the, the players have been empowered. I don't know if it's even flexing their power. I think it's more it flexing is. their their opinion. I mean, to a to a, to a certain power. extent, it, to a certain extent, is their influence, and it is, it, it, it is their it, it, and it is their part and it is their partnership that they have with the NBA look, that the it, other it, it, leagues don't have. It's so, not okay, power. Me, it, it's power. It's power. The league. The, the, league the league is run. The league is run by billionaires. So it's not them flexing their power. It's them flexing their influence. Yeah. 
That's a totally okay. other thing. Well, okay. Well, so Cleveland, let me let me twist this up for you. Um, I, I say when I say they're flexing their power because without the players today, the NBA is not going to the playoffs will not continue as as the league as we know it. In fact, we're not going to see the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, we're not vying for that uh, uh, Western Conference Finals as we were. The no, if you want, if you wanted to go, if you wanted to go get some scabs, I would just you know hoop for a hundred thousand. You could find some people. Let's yeah, let's yeah, not make yeah, it all like it, like like, like be, they don't have any control. Be, but it's not going to be the Lakers and the Clippers as we know it to be in in November and again in March, it, it won't be that. It'll be the best team, whoever can, who can, whoever has the best scouts and can, uh, can assemble the best team. That's what that, that's what that would be. Um, it would change our focus. So it's not going to be the, the power of the players, the LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonard's. Uh, um, yeah, it, it will, it won't be the superstar. It won't be the superstar. The, and the that's, that's the power talent. Right. Their influence. Now let's talk about their influence. Their influence, I think they have a much bigger influence on a society, on America, playing these games, having these passionate conversations as Doc Rivers had yesterday in his post-game meeting, having the passionate conversations that LeBron James had in this press conference a couple of days ago. Their influence is going to be is much bigger there in the NBA bubble than it would be when they go to their respective markets, all but a few of them. All we know, we know Russell Westbrook has a has a following. We know LeBron James has a following. We know uh, Paul George has somewhat of a following. We know Chris Paul, um, Luka Doncic. That also goes directly to the demographic of the NBA and who their stars are as adverse other sports. Well, so yeah, but that, that's but that's that's, that's why that's, that's why the influence is is there in a different way. It, it, the the influence is huge, though. It, it's still an impact. And what I'm, the point I'm getting at is that influence that they have is still um, the influence that they have is is monumental in the NBA bubble. When they take when they come out of the bubble, when um, uh, my my man from the Celtics, I don't have Brown, uh, I'm having a, uh, a, a What's my man's Jaylen name? Brown. Jalen Brown. When he, Jaylen when Brown. He comes, when he comes out of the bubble and goes back to Boston or goes to Atlanta and he has his 200, let's just say he has 200,000 people following him around Atlanta where he was having five, six million eyes on him in the bubble. Like what is, I mean, come on. I mean, 200,000. Five million. Well, there's a difference there, right? Um, that's what I'm saying. Their influence is much bigger there, and that's where I think not playing. You know, I can't say a man shouldn't. You know, this is where the heart is. They feel they should boycott. We heard Paul George talk about how tough the bubble was last night in in his post game press conference. So, you know, we don't know how being secluded and not having fam, family and friends around them and still performing how that impacts certain guys. Um, obviously, it didn't impact Paul George too well, though he it took him a few games to kind of break out of that uh, situation. But the, that's where his influence, Jalen Brown specifically, who who said he wants to go protest. Now, he's going to protest and have some people follow him around and protest with him, but could he have a bigger impact or reach a bigger, broader uh, amount of people 
uh, being on TNT, being on ESPN uh, every other night, having his press conference, having his heartfelt press conferences every other night. Could he have reached more people and had a bigger, bigger influence? My thought is yes. Playing basketball gives you that uh, bigger influence, that broader scope, that broader reach versus boycotting. Now you're going back to Atlanta and you're talking to people, again, who already follow you, who already care about the issue you care about. So you're not reaching, you're not extending that platform. Does that make sense to you? That's that's what I'm saying. What do you say in regards to that? I say that there's a lot of truth to that, Cam, because the other ways of protesting and doing things haven't worked either because we still have these same situations. So it's not like, you know, that's the next point. That's the next no, point. no, 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 no disrespect to anybody that has, you know, shed blood life, um, trying to make this country better, but that hasn't worked either. So when that, you have a situation, if you have a situation where you can say, hey, this is how we feel about it, and we feel about it so strongly that we're just not going to play, and then you have a league, the NFL would never have done this. They just, they just would have run some other players out there and just said, right. this is football today. But the right. NBA said, okay, no, no, I, I see that, and we got your back. We're, we're, we're following we your, your your lead. We're following your social right, moral right, compass right, right. regards to this. To and other leagues to won't do that. And that, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, I, until the NBA did it first, and then they all realized how stupid that they would look if they continued to like play when all these other people said no. So if they wouldn't have done it, sports would have gone on today like any other day. Back, well, just, uh, you know coming back from the coronavirus. Every every game would have went on, but it didn't because those guys said, no, we're not going to play. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's huge. Um, yeah, I, I think it's monumental. I, I, I hate to say the players are wrong for, for boycotting. Um, I, I certainly understand the, the point that they want to make the um, the reasons for them wanting to kind of apply focus to social justice issues. I, I'm a black man in America. I get it. I totally get it. But what is the next steps when you go to your respective market? What are you doing to impact change? And I don't think and that's and and, that, and that's the thing that's very critical, Cam. You make a, an excellent point. Is that when you make this stance, you have to have an agenda that's understandable and implementable if you're just saying i'm really mad about this we're really mad too yeah but yeah you, ha you have to have solutions if, if, you, if you're just if you're just boycotting you don't have any solutions and you don't have anything that you want to put into place well then it's just okay well you were yeah, mad and, and, that, and that's not enough i mean and, and that's kind of i think exactly. what they're trying to continue the dialogue and have the discussion, but if they don't have anything pertinent or tangible to bring to it, then then that's where it kind of loses me. And I, and I totally agree with you with that. And this is the controversial part that, that uh, you can get on me about. And I, and I welcome any, um, any, anybody challenging this theory is that these guys at the end of the day, they're, they're basketball players. 
they're not dignitaries. They're not lawmakers. They're not mayors. They're not councilmen. They're not uh, senators. So when they do go back to, it's not as if being in Orlando is preventing them from passing laws to end this um, social injustice. So when they go back to their markets, it's not like it ends tomorrow. Um, unfortunately, you know, we need to do a lot more the, for this for this type of stuff to end. But it's not like they end tomorrow when they get back to when they get back home, or they're not because they're not home. You know, somebody it allows them to come rob the house. You know, that's that's not the situation. So being in a bubble again, not only do I think gives them a bigger platform, being in the bubble gives them a big a bigger voice. They have voice already, I know, but they don't have ESPN and TNT supporting them, backing them, and watch and and ready to record and broadcast their their every word or every statement. Now they can go to the as I mentioned, they can go to undefeated. They can go to um, local reporters. They can go to the local TV shows, but that's not ESPN. That's not TNT. That's not the um, the huge uh, airways ready to pump their every word every night. And it's not on the NBA platform where everybody, even again, um, people who are just modest fans of basketball will be watching. And because when they get back to the local market, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to be essentially reaching out and communicating with people who already follow them. So who already follow their words. So they're not extending their reach. That's that's my only point, controversial as it may be. Come on, clarify and tell me where I'm wrong. No, I think it's just more of a fact of they were just bringing attention to the situation and they were listening to their social moral compass, which is not financial. And I think a lot of the other things that you're mentioning have financial ramifications and also uh, – you're also saying that they can bring more attention to it because of their followers and social media and this and that by expressing their anger. But what other better way to express it? And just, I'm just not going to play today. And to have that ripple effect throughout all of major sports was quite powerful. Yeah, it it is. So let let's see what happens in the next coming days. Let's see if it was just a matter of anger. Let's see if they come down with some some actual actual items that will impact the change. And that that's the next step. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Uh, Cleavon, to talk about the series, to talk about the series, I think is is kind of a mute point. We don't even know if they're going to continue. But um, just real real quick, Luca put up a hell of a performance, and the Clippers then went back and responded uh, just like champions do and kind of was on the verge of ending that series tomorrow um damian lillard unfortunately came down with an injury which uh aided the lakers in going up three to one and because Lillard wasn't playing tonight the lakers um would have kind of greased the skid for an easy victory over um who would you say hassan whiteside and uh Nurkic and C.J. McCollum. I mean, come on, come on, man. Um, had a couple of really good series going on with the Jazz and the Nuggets, the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, it's really not worth going too deep into these series. Uh, we do know that. The yeah, but I'll touch. I'll touch. I'll touch. I'll touch on that real quick, Cam. Thanks. Oh, thanks okay. so much for that. Uh, for that okay. that, that preface that you tried to come okay. with. Uh, <laughs> uh, as, as we're talking about boycotts. 
uh, let's just be clear. I was going to boycott this show if uh, <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> if Dallas and the Clippers were playing until the end of that game. Because uh, Luka Doncic, the reincarnation of uh, Fat Joe, uh, lean back, <laughs> lean back, <laughs> lean back. <laughs> okay, you know you were scared. You can you can try and feign like you weren't scared, and like all the other Clipper fans, like, oh man, it's because we don't have Patrick Beverly playing. Oh, is that why you guys are two two to Dallas without Kristaps Porzingis? Uh yeah, Luka is a Luca is a bad boy, a bad mofo. If, oh, Luca, serious. Luca, I mean, come on, stop it. If Luca, if you can't like, not see this, watch him play and see that this is a bad white boy, you got problems. Period. End of story. Um, problems. Period. Uh, end of story, man. And I, I had to call and apologize to one of my friends. I said the. Uh, Trey Young, Luka Doncic uh, favored the Hawks when it happened. It's like, oh, well, no, clearly, it, clearly I mean, I, I, no, yeah, clearly I, no. I, yeah, I, I tweeted, I tweeted that the other day. Um, the Hawks, the Dallas Mavericks clearly won that trade, and oh no, um, oh no, Trey, they got Trey Young, and Trey might be good. I'm like, yo, Luka is good. <laughs> Luka, Luka is the best. He, he he's yeah, it's not in my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he is. Best he case is scenario, guy. best case scenario, Trey Young is the uh, Eastern Conference version of Steph Curry. I mean, that's well, best well, case scenario, but 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 he's not. Uh, he's not coming that's, to. Uh, he's not coming to the uh, gunfight with a knife. Luca Doncic is, is coming on broken ankles, breaking oh. your ankles. Man, oh my goodness, he, he's he's incredible. He's incredible. Um, so you know, as I mentioned, let's move to the Eastern Conference. Um, the Raptors, Raptors sweep the Nets. Celtics sweep the Sixers. So how disappointed are the Sixers? Heat sweep the Pacers, and the Pacers fire uh, Nate McMillan. Like I don't know, I don't understand that that move. Like. The Pacers, you weren't winning the championship this year. You weren't winning the championship next year. It's not like you had a championship squad. So firing Nate McMillan, I don't get it. Um, I just don't get it. The Heat were a better team, better constructed team, so they they were better. The Bucks, as we talked about, they were leading the um, ma- Magic three to one, and um, yeah, that's the, that's the NBA, man. Do you want to talk about? Uh, Portland and, and their injuries that are allowing the Lakers to look so well. Do you want to comment on that? You know, Cam, we don't talk about injuries um, during the playoffs, and and, okay. and it, 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 it's just a it's just a part of the game. I'm so sorry okay. that uh, Damian Lillard's not you know able to uh, you know if, I'm not quite sure what his status is, but you know so, as of this game, he wasn't going to be able to play, and that's unfortunate. That's called but injury. I, I, that's called I, I, injury. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say that that's the reason that the Lakers will win the series. I mean, that's 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 preposterous. That's ridiculous. There's attrition that comes in the NBA. I'm so sorry about that. I mean, I mean look, look, look where your look, look, look where your Clippers might be if Kristaps uh, Porzingis could play. I mean, it's just I part of the that, game, right? Uh, it's just part of the that, game because 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 they're missing twenty and ten. Uh, are you are you 
are you are you comparing Kristoff to Damian Lillard? Did you Excuse me? Did you just try to compare uh, Christoph Porzingis to Damian Lillard? Did you just try to do that? What I what I said was, and I, I see how you're trying to twist my words in a you know in a in a Clipper narrative. I was saying that injuries are part of the game, and that sometimes teams that are in a position to you know do better or or win a series, you know they have adversity. They have injuries that happen. That happens in every sport. So sorry mm. about that. Mm, okay. Okay. I think sometimes, and sometimes, it, sometimes it, it it can it can quite potentially change the outcome of a series. But that's just mm. part of the game, Cam. That's just what we're doing out here. It's oh, the okay. playoffs. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Hey man, I, I hope I, I I for selfish reasons obviously hope the the playoffs they do reconsider and decide to finish these playoffs. But we'll see. That's uh, you know, uh, it's a sensitive subject, sensitive topic, and we'll see actually what actually does happen um, here in the, in the next coming days. Trayvon, let's take a small break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about some NFL topics. We're going to talk about Earl Thomas being on the available and if the Seahawks are interested. We're going to talk to you about that in a minute. Hey, fans. One thank you guys for tuning into our Voice of the Fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host and myself, you're going to hear my conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. What's good, fans? I want to thank you guys for tuning in once again to Voice of the Fans podcast. This is your man, Cam. I got my man, young Sam, on the other line up in the Northwest. Young Sam, one of your former teammates is available. What do you think about Mr. Earl Thomas, who was recently cut by the Ravens for detrimental, uh, what do they call it, uh, actions detrimental detrimental to the team? You know, getting in a fight, you know, a little more aggressive than probably the players want. But he's on. The, he, he's, he's available now. They released him as of Sunday, I believe it was. Did Pete reach out to him? You know, we, you know, Pete likes to keep in touch with his old guys, his guys he he coached and likes to bring back recommendation projects. Did Pete reach out to him? What's the word up there? You know, as someone that has their finger on the pulse of uh, the two hundred six and the Seahawks being a uh, card carrying, proud card carrying twelve member, um, there has been no such conversation. Um, 
after after he flicked off Pete, that was that was pretty much the end of the relationship. Um, you know, wished him well, and for a moment it seemed like he was doing well. He got his cheese, uh, made another Pro Bowl, uh, submitted himself as you know the best uh, free safety of his generation. But lately, there's just been no, uh, you know, excuses or explanations for his behavior. And to say that, uh, you know, on, I'm happy to have, I'm, I'm happy to have the Earl Thomas III jersey hanging in my uh, closet would be uh, would be a lot. Uh, I'm disappointed in, in in how things have transpired. Hearing that he's been missing meetings and um, his teammates don't like him. I mean, that's it's hard to hear. You know when you when one of your uh, when one of your guys are like that, I'm, I'm 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 sure it's very similar to the you know the Miami Dolphins only making the playoffs once in the last 20 years. So oh, I, I think uh, it's right. kind of on that on that same kind of kind of a uh, kind of plane I'm, with regard I'm to when sure he's coming back to be a, as far as far as far as him coming back to be a Seahawk, add Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, and no, there's no room for him. So will he play again in the NFL? Absolutely. He was all pro last year, and teams have injuries and teams have issues, and teams have players that are all pro players. So, yeah, he'll find a home. Okay. Unfortunately, okay. it is it is damaged goods at this point, and um, I can't even, you know, stick up or vouch for him. He's, he's done some things that are uh, great. Oh, he, can't, he, he, you know, can't, even, he, he can't even vouch for the guy who brought you a Super Bowl who, who you admittedly proudly – Touted as one of the best safeties in the for over the last decade, you, you you can't even vouch for that guy now. Um, yes, he is on the all-decade team. In my opinion, he is the first ballot Hall of Famer. However, his recent behavior, I cannot on, vouch who, for him. Uh, who doesn't have three way three? Who who doesn't have threesomes with their brother? Come on, man. Who you know? Who doesn't have? Um, Situation where the wife come at him. With, you know, with, look, with look, 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 look at the way, look at the way you're trying to besmirchify his good name. That's exactly what I'm talking about, man. But that's 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 his cross to bear. That's his path to walk. It has nothing to do with me. All I said is I am extremely disappointed, and oh, hopefully man. he finds a home and he can do some things again and show people who Earl Thomas the Third really is. But at this point, yeah. Uh, Whatever happens, happens, man. It's a unfortunate incident, and hopefully, it's not something a little bit more serious. Okay, all right. Well, with that being said, man, take something a little bit more serious. And um, Roger Goodell had an interview a couple of days ago. At least I read it a couple of days ago, where he says, quite frankly, he should have listened to Cap years ago. What's your take on that? I mean, that summarizes a big interview that he had. I think it was an interview probably 40 minutes long, but th- that was one of my major takeaways of what he said. Then he tried to glossify, gloss over it and justify it by saying, um, well, had he cut, we invited him. I never talked to him um, in New York. We invited him multiple times. He never came to us. You know, he tried to throw that spin on it. But what's your thoughts on Roger Goodell saying he should have listened to Cap years ago. Um, it's very, it's a very hindsight twenty twenty vision perspective of things. Um, it's like saying, "Hey, man, I shouldn't have spit in that girl's face in prom because now she grew up to be Halle Berry." And wow, I just didn't know. 
had I, had I known she was going to grow up to be Halle Berry, I wouldn't have spit in her face and laughed at her. And now, now I'm the fool. I mean, it was Colin Kaepernick taking a peaceful protest to what was going on. He had a very eloquent speech after he did it as to why he did it, and he was vilified for it. But as you see that um, his words kind of come to fruition, seeing how, uh, you know, police violence has just become rampant in this country, and he, you know, somewhat foreshadowed that and tried to bring attention to it in a very peaceful way that all of a sudden Roger Goodell realizes the error of his ways. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's four years later and, you know, look what's going on. It's like, oh, yeah, I should have fixed that water leak and now my house is <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you know I, I had an opportunity to do it then. I just didn't want to, you know? Yeah, maybe you should have thought about that before the uh, rafters rotted and the roof came toppling down, huh? Yeah, good point. Right. Good point, good point, good point there. Okay, uh, Mr. Cleavon, looks like there's going to be a couple teams that play with fans in the building come week one. And you were, man, believe it or not, we're just a couple weeks away from actual week one of the NFL. And that's going to be the Miami Dolphins. And, the, you know, these teams have a couple of things in, champ, uh, uh, in common. Both champions of the NFL, Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs, both are have agreed to have stands in the fans. My question to you, sir, is how soon are you looking to get to an NFL game? Considering the natural pandemic, obviously. I am not looking to get to an NFL game until things are much more under control and much more in order. And there are protocols in place that um, avert the spread of the coronavirus. This is a terrible, terrible idea. And it's a terrible, terrible idea in the same way that the SEC and the other conferences in college football will find out very shortly that it's hard to control and if you bring more uncontrollable elements to the environment then you're just asking for trouble so and then how do you even determine or decide who's going to be able to get into the game are you just going to just jack the price up are you going to have a lottery i mean like what is the (laughs) What is the criteria for going to the game? It's it's uh, ridiculous. It's a ridiculous idea. Um, they will find out very shortly when they have an outbreak of things that oh that was such a bad idea that we'll never ever do that again. But because of well, the monetary compensation for it, they're going to try. There, there you go. That that you know that's where it stems from. Um, because these guys want to get back on the, uh, get some money in their pockets. And obviously they don't want to have um, the team playing in a 50, 60 or 70,000 seat arena or seat stadium and have 200 people there with the reporters and the coaches and the players on the field. So that's, it's a monetary decision um, all around. Um, Finally in this segment, sir, um, your cornerback, the rookie cornerback, Severin, he apologized to the Seahawks, sent a sent a heart a heartfelt, passionate letter 
to the team, to the organization, to Snyder, to Pete Carroll, apologizing for his actions of uh, trying to sneak a a lady into the hotel room, you know. And we don't know who this lady was. It could have been his massage therapist. It could have been the um, his personal trainer just to kind of get him right. You know, I think the – I think the team just kind of assumed who it might be. It was a somebody, a, a female, and just they're assuming the the wrong. But he he could have had a very good reason. It could have been his uh, Kama Sutra uh, specialist. It could have been the the, the tea lady. Uh, we don't know who it was, but he wrote a heartfelt letter, kind of explaining that maybe he should have ran it by the ownership first, or ran it by the secretary, or ran it by the coach first. And does that get him? a spot on the team. It absolutely does not give him a spot on the team, Cam. Um, it, it's it's great that he's extremely apologetic and that he understands the error of his ways and he understands uh, how his uh, immaturity jeopardized an entire franchise, an entire team, uh, an entire city, an entire league by um, just trying to do whatever it was he was trying to do with what, with whatever capacity that a female person was in, as you were saying, it could have been anything, which is, you know, plausible in and of itself, sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's good. I mean, he has no other recourse other than to throw a apology out there to social media for everyone to see, just, in hopes that he gets another opportunity once the coronavirus uh, situation is over to uh, show us what kind of teammate he is and what type of player he is and hopefully one day maybe make it to the league, which is an opportunity that he had previously. However, he thought that he would be cute and, you know, try and uh, circumvent the rules and, uh, you know, overpower the coronavirus. So, well, you know, good, again, good for good for him for coming out and saying, I'm so sorry, and I was wrong for all this. And, you know, with maturity, uh, you know, comes experience um, and comes, you know, wealth of knowledge. That's great, man. So hopefully when he's 22, 23, he'll understand, wow, I just ruined a, a chance of being an NFL player by, uh, you know, being short-sighted. Well, again, the Seahawks, you know, the, the Seahawks have a way of feeling that they're holier than thou and uh, as if nobody can make mistakes. Excuse me? Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. How, how, can, you, can, can you explain where you're coming from with that? I mean, the Seahawks, you act as if, as if you weren't uh, 19 or 20 at the time and you wanted, uh, again, do, you, do we know who the lady was that he was trying to speak into the room? Was, was whoa, 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 whoa. I was not uh, breaching an environment that was supposed to be um, 100% pandemic-free by bringing someone that we have absolutely no idea what's going on. Do do we know that she do we know that she had coronavirus or was you know we don't know. That's the whole point, Cam. That's the whole point. We don't know. Everyone else they already know because he's testing every day. She might have had everyone else. Everyone else. Everyone else. Wow, wow. You sound you sound like those kids that were uh, okay with uh, the Lou Williams hot wings, man. Wow. 
and, and and just and just bring the hot wings back to the bubble and just oh okay. <laughs> I'm saying you we don't know what we don't we don't know what we don't know right. That's that's exactly that's exactly it, Cam. You're bringing an element that you don't know about. So why would you bring an element that you don't know? And you know everything else. Everyone else is getting tested. You're just bringing uh, your whatever capacity she was in, according to you, um, into an environment where no one else is, I mean, everyone else is vulnerable and susceptible. Why would you do that? Extremely selfish. Well, um, the Seahawks, again, I I think they should give the guy a chance. I mean, he he wrote his letter a couple of days later. Um, I think they should give the kid a chance, and and we'll see if he makes the uh, practice squad team. Um, we'll see if he makes his practice squad team after cut down. What do you think about that? Oh, you know, you, you know what? Oh, wait! Breaking news: They signed him down in Miami. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> he's, you know, he's in Dolphins training camp. We, we don't need. He's trying to pick up. He's trying to pick up passes from Tua Tagovailoa. We don't need any cornerbacks. We spent a, a, a 29th pick on a cornerback um, when we have two of the top cornerbacks in the league. We spent another a, a first-round draft pick on a on a cornerback. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Cleveland, let's take I'm, a I'm break here. Yeah. Let's take a break here, big guy. When we come back, man, we're going to get into um, this week in, in history. We're going to talk about some a few more. i got a few more uh NBA topics that I want to run by you and we're going to talk about some college football. Let's take a break right here. All right. What's good? What's good fans? Take you guys back in history, this day back in history, August 23, 1900, Mr. Cleavon, National Negro Business League was founded back in 1900s. In 1908, August 25th, the day from um, 92 years from yesterday, or shoot, what is that? 102 years from yesterday. No, no, much longer than that. 118 years from yesterday. 1908, August 25th. 112. 112, there you go. Um, National Association for Colored Nurses was founded. Colored Nurses had their own program, 1908. August 28, 1963, Martin Luther King makes his famous I Have a Dream speech, where he told us all about his his dreams. And they're actually commemorating that uh, day this year. back in D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial. They're commemorating that this weekend, actually. Um, I remember just a kind of a different note, man. When I was in Virginia, they had the Million Man March. Do you remember the Million Man March back in back in that day? When I, I, regret not going, I regret not going to the Million Man March. I was five hours away. I was less than that, actually. I was three and a half hours away. And... uh our boss, 
threaten to fire us if we went to the if we took the day off and we'll go to the Million Man March. A black boss, in fact. Um, I I should have went to the Million Man March, but I did I didn't go. It was uh, one of the things that one of the moves I regret not making. Uh, Cleveland, man. So we had some on the court. We know we some on the court action. Um, a couple of things that happened involving the. Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. Just want to run this by you real quick and kind of get your opinion. Do you think Montrezl Harrell should have been fined or suspended for calling Luka Doncic's bitch-ass white boy? Considering the times with the social injustice and racial inequalities that he's, that's uh, running rapid and that they're actually promoting, do you was that a Findable or suspendable offense? Findable and suspendable, Cam. All things being equal, I mean, I think this, again, we'll get into the demographic of the National Basketball Association. If it was any other sport and it was um, adversely impacting a, a person of color or, you know, LBGT, it, it most definitely would have been. However, it being hoop and it being the NBA and it being, uh, you know, tradition, so to speak, he didn't, he didn't get fined. He didn't get suspended. It's a, I'm not going to say a passable offense, but it's just not um, felt in the same way as, uh, you know, other things would be. Okay. I, I disagree with you. I think a lot of things get said on the basketball court and um, I, I think it was said best by Rex Chapman. I don't know if you follow Rex Chapman on Twitter, but he has one of the best. He's one of the best Twitter followers there is. Uh, and he said, "If you haven't been called a bitch ass white boy on the court, you you haven't played with anybody any good." <laughs> I thought that was a, a pretty good line. Um, and that's because, and yeah. that's great. And that's great because he comes up in the uh, Chris Mullen, Rex Chapman, Bobby Sura era where, you know, those cats had to, you know, you know, Bobby Hurley throw him in there, had to, you know, drive or roll to the meanest, roughest course to play the best hoop. But we're talking about 2020, and we hear things that people get fired for, um, you know, dismissed from, you know, prestigious leagues and jobs for much less than that. Mm-hmm. Let's just be perfectly honest. Interesting. Okay, interesting. Um, and another thing that happened in that series, this just happened a couple nights ago. Luka Doncic, as we know, went out of the game, what was it, game three with the Lean ankle back. injury? Lean back. Oh, boy, here you go. Um, he went out. No, I guess it was game – what game did he go out? He with the ankle injury and he came back. That game was three. Game, game, game three, and then he came back heroic like Willis Reed in game four and hit the uh, lean back step back uh, to win the game and tie the series at 2-2. Willis Reed didn't put up 43 and uh, 43, 13 and 17 rebounds. I'll tell you that. He he didn't do that on them. He came back and got his four points and sat down. Huh? <laughs> right. That was shit. That was shit. Uh, uh, Luca, Luca came back and put it on him. But, I mean, Luca came back to, as an, as another dude. 
but okay, so Luca's running around with the with the sore ankle, um, and then we see our man Marcus Morris um, went in a play. You know, after they scored a bucket, Luca's under the basket, ready to check the ball in, and oh, lo and behold, what do we see? Marcus Morris right behind him, and he's trying to play some close defense and steps on the ankle. What did you think about that? Well, Marcus Morris has had some time in Detroit. I mean, as you well know, the bad boys are very, uh, you know, famous, notorious for doing things like that. I believe, I believe he actually had a, you know, a couple of glasses of wine with Bill and Beer and Rick Mahorn before the game. Um, I some <laughs> ideas as to, you know, wow. you know if, if if situations you know happen to arise, you know how to handle them and you know handle it accordingly. Uh, yeah, should have been fine suspended, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we we know that that's really going to get swept on the rug, considering the the pending boycott of the the games and boycott of the league. But uh, that was he went a long way. And if you want to go to my YouTube page on Twitter, you can hear his explanation from it. I just posted it this or on my uh, YouTube page, Voice of Fans on YouTube. You he went he goes a long way to explain that he was not doing it intentional. And I think he he went about three minutes too long trying to explain that it wasn't intentional. <laughs> and after, you know, after about uh, 40 seconds, it should have been, no, nah, man, come on, are you crazy? Why would I Why would I step on a guy's ankle intentionally like that? I'm not trying to hurt nobody, plain and simple. But he went to talk about his, his history, his uprising, his upbringing, his family, blah, 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 blah. I thought he would. I think the more he talked after – the, he must have talked three and a half minutes trying to give an explanation. The last thirty, the last three minutes was just a lot of fluff that didn't hit the surface. I don't know if you take a look, listen to that. Cleveland, we have the Pac-10 and the Pac-12 in recent weeks, and the UConn football cancel their football season. Not postpone, but cancel their football season. What's your thoughts on the Pac-12 and the Big Ten? And do you think that once the the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, I believe it is, once they pull off their successful season, do you think this makes the Pac-12 or the Big 10 look bad? Absolutely not. I commend the Pac-10 and the uh, Big 10 for um, putting the student-athlete above the dollars and cents that can be generated from playing college football games. Uh, it's unfortunate that in the Southeastern Conference and also in the, uh, excuse me, Big 12, where a lot of Texas teams play, that they just don't value the student-athlete as much as they value football. There's been no um, evidence that their protocols are any better than anyone else's in that they have control over something that has gotten control over the entire planet. So I commend them for taking the stance to do it and putting their the people above the dollar. Wow. All right, that's an interesting take. I actually talked to some um some older generation uh, reporters a couple of days and we had this and they said something very similar. They're like um you know, the guys in the NFL, they're playing because they get paid. 
the guys in college football, how can you explain to the parent that your son came down with coronavirus and bad heart condition uh, because we want to we want to win a college football game that meant absolutely nothing. Um, and yeah, I was like, okay, they can't explain that away. I, I get it, guys. So it didn't take much to um, to get, convince me that they were right. <clears throat> um, Cleveland fantasy football time is around, man. Yeah, I, I, I understand you. You've uh, accepted a new commissioner role, and uh, I have. You want to talk to the fans about how that's going? Sure. Thanks so much, uh, Cam, for giving me the platform on this. Yeah, uh, the reins have been passed to me in the voice of the fans. Fantasy football league uh, commissionership. I am now the one. I am now Cleezy Goodell. Um, I'm going to run this thing with an iron fist, but at the end of the day. I put my 20 minutes of studying in this morning, and I feel supremely confident that I'm going to come out with the championship. I know what I'm with doing. I know how to do it. I know, I know what I'm about. I know who I am. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath out here. And I'm not, I'm not going to take any prisoners this, this season. That That is if you're actually going to play this year, Cam. Cam, are you actually going to play this year? 20 minutes of studying, huh? That's, Cam, that's Cam, are you at, Cam, are you going to – you actually going to play this year? What do you mean am I actually going to play this year? Because I, I, I last year, after you were 2-6, and six, you just mailed it in and just were pouting on the sidelines like a little child. <laughs> well, after 2-6, and six, some of the interest was, was lost. There were, several, there, were several, there were several matchups where you didn't even have all the players in. You said empty. <laughs> Like wow, you're not, you're not even gonna you're not even gonna get, get, give the league credibility by actually trying to play. Wow, there, it was disappointing it was to t- see it. It, it. it was a tough year. We had some um, we had some front office issues that we were trying to work yeah, through. Yeah, and and, and, and then and then our interaction and then our interaction where you wouldn't even address the subject and wouldn't even talk about it. That was even more embarrassing. Oh well, that it won't be the case this year. Each week we'll have our segment, our fantasy football segment, to explain to the fans kind of how you're feeling as a Clevey GM, Clevey Goodell, how, how you're having issues all over the place, and then also how okay, so record. so 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 you'll be emotionally vested in and in, in a participant this year. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> of course, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Be, cool. I mean, do we want to put a wager on a on a victory? Who has? The oh man, player? you know, you know, I, you know, I know, I know better than to put wagers. <laughs> I know better than to put wagers together with you, Cam. Let's just make it a friendly, gentlemanly bet. You know. Oh, because yeah. you don't win. Because you won't win. What, what, do we have something? Well, like I mean, it's it's just because it's just because the compensation when I do win is you know is is, is slow and coming. So. That's Psalms. Well, okay. In, in all due respect, I haven't been to the Northwest, so we we have a chance to to uh, to to pay you on your your Daniel's dinner bets that you did win when your guy got two receptions over the forty the forty forty mark that I I stated. So he got he, oh, okay. he went over okay, by two. Okay, nice. He went okay, over by nice, two. Nice. Okay, okay. But did okay. we have something That's on the last year? I'm not sure. Did we have anything on the last year uh, on the fantasy football? We're gonna before the season starts. We're gonna to have to let the fans know what the wager is, and so that we're. Oh sure. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no. We 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 had the same wager on the fantasy that we had on the uh, 
DK Metcalf reception. Uh, what dinner? Wait, we had dinner on fantasy. I don't recall that. Oh, yeah, we had di- dinner on fantasy. Dinner and a uh, and a can of spaghettios. Yeah. We didn't have the same bet on two different on two different situations. Well, I I know how nasty the spaghettios are, which is why I always throw it in there. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, again, well, we're gonna have to come up with a different bet this year, and um, or we do double or nothing, um, because you won't be you you won't win. You won't have a better record than my squad this year. Period. End of story. Um, Cleveland. Next week, we're gonna review for for the fans the division champs, so they can use this. Um, we already picked out our division winners. I'll just point them out to you guys next week, and then we're kind of gonna do our final four for the Super Bowl, being that we're Almost two weeks away from NFL football, Cleveland. Two weeks away mm-hmm. from tomorrow. We're two weeks away tomorrow. The 27th of August, we're two weeks away from NFL football. So keep think about that. Think about that. Um, we're going to end this quote with uh, in the show with this quote from the late gate, the late great Kobe Bryant. Winning takes precedence overall. There's no gray area, no almost. He's talking to me when he says that winning takes precedent overall. So all this hoopla that you're talking, all this uh, verbal um, this verbal jaunting that you're doing, it means nothing because when I win, you're going to be quiet. Thank you, Kobe Bryant. Oh, oh man, Cam, you, you, know what, you, know, you know what you sound like? You, you sound like Bill Bellamy talking to himself in the mirror in a, on any given Sunday, man. Oh, ain't that nothing. <laughs> <laughs> ain't that nothing. <laughs> you fans, remember you remember this. You won't hear this come you won't hear this come January, February. You won't hear these type of jokes, I tell you that. And Cleveland, thank you for your participation. Fans, you wanna reach out to the podcast, you can donate to the podcast. Find us on Spotify, tuned in, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're all over the place. Uh tuned in, as I mentioned, iHeartRadio. You find us wherever on most podcast platforms, you can find Voice of the Fans podcast. So tune in. Thank you, Cleveland, for tuning in to the show. Thank you for your participation. Fans, as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. Hey, man, thanks for making our voice your choice. You know how we do. I love you. I love you. I love you.